This is the Frog for Life podcast. I'm your host, Rob Berline. But no, it's great to see guys like Tom play well. And quite frankly, it's great for the program. You know, it's it's amazing. It seems like every time you get on TV, somebody wants to talk about, you know, TCU or he's he's from TCU or he lives in Fort Worth or, you know, they mentioned something about the purple shirt. So, uh, you know, obviously anytime, anytime anybody, and that's frankly for any sport, you see what Angela Stanford's done for, for women's golf at, at TCU and of course all the success in other sports and uh, we, we've had. And, 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 you know, the neat thing I, I feel, which is so special is for the most part, a lot of these guys in their off season or, you know, when they're not playing, they live here. That is the voice of PGA Tour golfer J.J. Henry. We recorded this episode back in February before the pandemic, and with the start of Colonial this week, we want to bring you J.J.'s story of his time at TCU, on the PGA Tour, and his love of the Fort Worth community. And we're so excited today to be joined by J.J. Henry, prestigious TCU golfer, PGA golfer, member of uh the city of Fort Worth. He, he is still a local after graduating all those throughout the years. So thanks so much for joining us today, JJ. Thanks for having me, Rob. I, I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. I just, uh, I bleed purple, as I think you know, and I always joke around, Tiger wears red on Sundays and I wear my TCU purple. <laughs> so uh, I've been fortunate now, gosh, this is my 20th year. You know, they're getting younger and I'm getting older, so it's not a great combination <laughs> when it comes to playing against a lot of these young kids. But, uh, you know, when you came and I, when you came and asked me, this is, this is an easy deal. I mean, uh, you know, to be able to talk TCU and uh, what it means to me, what it means to my family, and to live here in Fort Worth. It's a, it's an easy gig to come and talk to you, and even just getting over here, walking across campus and seeing the kids, and you know, just kind of reminiscing. It's hard to believe it was 1998 where I uh, graduated, and, and here I am all these years later with a couple kids who uh, enjoy kind of everything that TCU offers. So thanks for having me. And you're a Fort Worth resident now, but you were not always a Fort Worth resident. You actually came here from Connecticut prior to being a student. So how do you get from Connecticut down to TCU? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Uh, you know, it's funny, obviously, I wanted to go somewhere more conducive to golf and, uh, you know, the rich history of golf in Fort Worth with Ben Hogan, Byron Nelson, you know, the likes and came down. Uh, you know, it doesn't help that the, the weather's typically good and uh, walking around campus, there's a there's a lot of pretty co-eds, too. So that didn't uh, that didn't help uh, hurt either. So uh, but anyways, it was just a great place, obviously a great fit. I was, felt very fortunate. Uh, Coach Montagill came and saw me play. Uh, somewhere out west in a in a junior event and he's kind of like who the heck is this kid from Connecticut I was a tall skinny skinny kid pretty good athlete you know I played basketball and different things through high school but uh golf was you know my dad was a really good player um I used to caddy for my dad ironically for spending money in the summer and uh, I'd go out and play with him or his friends and you know he's played in some U.S. amateurs some British amateurs so I was always exposed to golf at a high level at a young age uh and then you know come sophomore junior year in high school I'm like you know I'm getting pretty darn good at this game of golf and and sure enough it led to uh to me coming to Fort Worth and TCU and all these years later like I said I wouldn't want to live anywhere else it's a, a great knit community you know, everybody talks about that family vibe and atmosphere TCU uh, is, and it's just, it's it's true. I mean, whether it's, you know, coming to talk to you guys or being at a sporting event or an alumni event or, you know, going and talking to the folks over at the business school, whatever it might be, it's, uh, it's a great place, and uh, I'm very fortunate to be a part of it. And so once you get here and you do the, uh, the, get your marketing degree and you're also a student athlete, how did you find the time between, you know, golf is not like a basketball practice where, you know, it just takes an hour to hour to play. It takes, you know, four hours to play golf. So how do you find time? Four, to- it takes longer than that now, unfortunately. <laughs> That's what everybody's talking about, the slow play. You know, Joe 
looking like I, I, I'm almost like I feel like I'm trying to market myself now, you know, talking about TCU and all the great professors to this day. A lot of them I still kind of keep in touch with and see around campus. And, uh, you know, it's kind of an extended family, as we just talked about. But, you know, again, it's just uh, I felt like golf was something that uh, I love the aspect of golf and the fact that it's an individual sport, too. You know, I played a lot of team sports. I, I, was, I played basketball through high school. I was a good athlete growing up. But the cool thing about golf is it's just kind of you against the world, if you will. Now, college golf's a little different because you do have that team atmosphere and, you know, you go and you maybe play a tournament with, with five guys and you count the four best scores. But at the end of the day, you're still out there trying to shoot the best score you can and, quite frankly, trying to beat the, you know, what other guys even on your team. You know, and, and what you try to do is you become a leader on the team and you kind of grow into that. And quite frankly, you know, by my senior year, I was a college player of the year because I always tried to kind of get better and improve. And as when I came here as a freshman, you know, again, this kid from Connecticut didn't whole, know a whole lot of people. It grew me up really, really fast. You know, most kids are quite frankly, thinking back, almost our entire team was from the state of Texas back then with, a, with an exception of a couple. So I was kind of an outlier, if you will. But, you know, going so far to school away from home and stuff really grew me up fast. And to be able to kind of of, you know, my college roommate to this day, I saw him yesterday, Matt Goggins. We lived together, you know, virtually from the first day of school till we both graduated. And, and, you know, again, the relationships and here he is with kids and friends. And, you know, it's just a great thing. I've kept in touch with a lot of the players. You know, now that I've played the PGA Tour for 20 years, I've, I've been fortunate to play in Ryder Cups and, and win some events on tour. But some of the best memories I ever had playing golf was, was going and grinding it out or digging it out, practicing at, you know, the local clubs here and, and being with my buddies to this day or I still consider some of my best friends. And you talk about it's being such an individual sport and you were, you were college player of the year. You were runner up for the national championship in 98 by, by one shot. How is it? I mean, it's one thing to be part of a great team, which you guys were one of the only teams at TCU to make the NCAA championship all four years as a student. But how is it to be able to compete at such a high level in such an individual sport? And you were the best college golfer and all of, you know, you were the, the golf version of the Heisman Trophy. You know, yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to just being so darn competitive. You know, growing up, whether it was playing Monopoly or playing a sport, whatever the heck it was, I wanted to I wanted to win. I hate losing. And it's to the point, too, was, as, I, as I mentioned a little bit earlier about what it takes to kind of continue to improve, especially when you don't have those other teammates necessarily like the game of golf. You know, you always have to you always have to learn from your mistakes, learn from what you did right, learn from what you did wrong. And honestly, that's what I'm trying to instill now in my in my son, who's 15, who's really starting to take up the game. And who knows, hopefully maybe someday he'll be a horned frog as well. But you have to you have to figure out again in other sports if 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 the pitcher whatever gives up three home runs and he can't find the plate the manager comes out and he takes him out of the game or you know basketball he travels three times or he commits three fouls boom you're out of the game you're sitting on the bench for 20 minutes well golf it's it, that doesn't happen you know you hit a bad shot you hit one out of bounds you you make a big mistake you got to go figure it out and you know you just you just have to kind of that's why mentally you know they always talk about how you have to be so mentally strong to continue to play the game because, you know, you stand on the range, whether it's a junior tournament or a college event or a PGA Tour event, and every everybody looks like they can hit the ball great. You stand back and just watch everybody, and then it's it's how do you how do you kind of articulate and kind of the competitive fire, the, the mental toughness, because, you know, even Ben Hogan said it's not really about the great shots. It's about how do you – it's your misses that really, you know, kind of define you. And that's really what I've tried to learn. My dad instilled that in me at a young age. Even when I first got on the PGA Tour, you know, it's a tough road. You're just trying to maybe keep 
your card the first year, you're kind of in awe of the fact that, you know, you call and all of a sudden the next morning you're playing with some of your idols that you've lucked up to and seen on TV your, virtually your entire life. And now you're playing in the same event and arguably the same group. So you've all, I've always tried to learn from my experiences, even if I didn't have a really good event or, well, gosh, well, look who I beat this week, you know, and you go through the names of some of these world-class players or what did I do well to maybe just give you a little bit of momentum to kind of then the next week and you catch lightning in a bottle and boom, next thing you know, you got a chance to win a tournament and it's just, you know, your shoulders are back and your head's high and you're walking down that fairway with a lot of confidence. So um, this game will beat you up. You know, there's no question mentally and physically because I think it's arguably the hardest game to play from a mental standpoint. So you got to be strong. You know, here I am still trying to do it all these years later. So I feel very fortunate enough to do it. And in 98, you were selected for the Palmer Cup, which is the collegiate version of the Ryder Cup. And you played with some big names like Luke Donald, Rory Sabatini, Charles Howell, Matt Kuchar. What was it? Was that kind of when you knew you could compete on the world stage? I mean, those are, those are Hall of Fame players right yeah, there. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's funny you say it. I didn't really realize that those are all guys that I've played golf with, obviously, the last 20 years or so. And, um, you know, I think I th- it just breeds confidence. You know, the, the unique thing about golf, though, is, is, you know, you look at the accolades or like you mentioned, I was fortunate enough to win that the college player of the year, one of the awards and a first team All-American. But in the game of golf, that doesn't mean anything. Typically in football or basketball or whatever, you kind of sign your you're the fourth pick or the first pick or the 10th pick and you sign this multi-million dollar kind of, OK, I'm going to go play for the Yankees or the Mavs or whoever, the Cowboys, whatever it is. But in golf, that, that doesn't mean anything. You still got to go out, you know, and when you turn pro and you check that box and you go to what they call the PGA Tour qualifying school and you tee it up just like anybody that's ever wanted to try it before. So there's really no guarantees, I guess, is what I'm trying to say in the game of golf. Now, I will say that the PGA Tour is, in essence, never really prevented a really good player from getting there because you'd like to think sooner or later you're going to break through and get your opportunity to play the tour. But it's not like other sports where just because you were a college All-American or something doesn't necessarily move right on into success at the pro level. So uh, I did play. I finished school in 98. I played two years. I went to the PGA Tour qualifying school finals. My dad, ironically, caddied for me in the in the finals. Uh, it was just obviously some great memories. Played two years on now what they call the Corn Ferry Tour, which in essence is like AAA baseball, if you will. And uh, since 2001, I've been uh, fortunate enough to live my dream and play against you know the best players in the world week in and week out. And you, your first win on the PGA Tour, you're a three-time winner, came in your home state of Connecticut in 06. So which meant more to you, winning that first event or winning the first event in Connecticut? Well, it's I mean, you couldn't really script it any better. You know, jokingly now, it's, you know, my two almost majors outside of the four are, are the Travelers Championship where I won and, of course, Colonial here in Fort Worth because it's kind of your home stomping grounds, if you will. But I can remember vividly, 2006, I was on tour now. It was my, my fifth year on tour. Uh, I played as an amateur there in 1998. They gave me a sponsor exemption. So that was really my first ever PGA Tour event. And they're renowned as getting some of the biggest crowds on tour next to the Phoenix Open. Uh, they get some of the biggest crowds, you know, all of New England, in essence, braces the biggest sporting event in all of New England. So huge crowds. And here I am, a, I guess at the time, a 20, what, 23-year-old or 22-year-old, whatever it was, um, out there playing against these guys. And my dad, had, my dad caddied for me in that as well. And then uh, ended up making the cut. You know, again, so to kind of, again, I'm, I'm getting there. I feel like now, okay, I've had success at the college level. I've got a, I've got kind of an, a slight opportunity now to play with the best players. And so that gave me a, a great bit of confidence as in 98. And then to kind of parlay it and to have 75,000 people on Sunday afternoon in 2006 to watch you walk up the 18th hole with a three-shot lead and, and kind of brace as, uh, as Connecticut's champion, if you will, where I grow up. I mean, it's something I'll never forget for sure. And so did that mean as much to you as when you see, you know, the guys at the majors 
majors, they're taking that, you know, that walk up 18. And they're... yeah, I mean, obviously majors are majors, yeah. but, but outside of, of course, those four, you know, the biggest four events we play, you know, I, I would think every, every player has a special event, whether it's a hometown event or whether it's something happened uniquely that they've kind of embraced the community or whatever it might be. So there's no question. Uh, the two events I'd want to win most outside of, of a major are obviously where I won at the travelers. And of course here at the uh, Charles Schwab colonial event. So I have, for whatever reason, I haven't had a whole lot of success. I've played 20 something years now. It seems like a colonial, but for whatever reason, I don't know. I've, I've never really, I've had a couple opportunities, but nothing, nothing quite uh, like I would have hoped. I've seemed to have more success over in, in Dallas at the Byron Nelson for whatever reason than colonial, but hopefully I'll get a couple more shots at it. I still feel like I got a lot of good golf left in me. And in 2006, you rode that, that win in that hot season to your first Ryder Cup and you become teammates with Phil, Tiger, Jim Furyk, you know, mm. other notable, one of the biggest golf events um, in the world every other year. So how is it going from you're trying to compete against these guys and beat them to, you know, they include you as, you know, an equal, you're a teammate. With yeah. Them. And that's, I think it gets back to a little bit what we previously talked about. Uh, you know, golf is such a, a, an individual sport. And then all of a sudden now you're getting to not only be a part of a team, but to represent your country. You know, there's 12 players. So in essence, 11 other players, a captain, four assistant captains. And, and as you mentioned, you know, obviously Tiger and I are about the same age. So I, I kind of knew Tiger as we kind of grew up together in college. And, you know, I always joke, the better Tiger does, the better it is for people like myself. I mean, it's incredible what the, the career he's had and continues to have to have him win the Masters like he did last year. And, you know, all he's been through and all the ups and downs, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're lucky to kind of have him in our sport. I think he's brought so many people to the game, especially nowadays. You know, getting back to the Ryder Cup, uh, you know, it's arguably the highlight of my golf career um, to be able to represent your country. It was at the K Club outside of Dublin, Ireland. So you can imagine a kind of a loud uh, Irish crowd that uh, like their drinks and like their uh, like to scream and yell and everything else. I'll never forget. I was playing really well leading into the tournament. Uh, so Captain Tom Lehman, who ironically uh, his two daughters and, and son went to school here at TCU, so he's got a lot of TCU ties. It's uh, that's maybe another side note. It's amazing how many pros on the PGA Tour kids either want to go or have gone or are going to school here at TCU. So it, it, again, it says another great thing about what we have here in town. But um, I'll never forget. So uh, that. That first morning round of matches, my partner Stuart Sink and I, we followed Tiger Woods and Jim Furyk. So we were the second group off. And you can imagine there's probably 10,000 plus people on the first hole, all screaming and yelling. And we're on the putting green, probably 100 yards away. Stuart Sink and I waiting for Tiger and Jim Furyk to tee off and they tee off. And uh, Lauren Roberts, who happened to be one of the assistant captains, kind of comes up to us. And I'm telling you, the ground's shaking. It's so loud. It's incredible. And he kind of wraps, you know, wraps his arms around Stuart and I and, you know, kind of gives a little bit of that yay, rah, rah, go U.S say stuff and you know we look you know go play the round of your you know life and go do it for you and your team and your country and I, Stuart Sink and I look at each other I'm like man I'm so I'm so damn nervous I'm just trying to get an airborne <laughs> off the first tee here Stuart you know of course I went out and played great golf and I joke I, I never won a match but I never lost a match I actually tied all three matches I played so uh, it was a pretty incredible experience I'll never forget uh, something I'm very proud to be a part of. TCU golf program has produced other great pros right now or beyond beside yourself we see Tom Hoagie who is actually just in the final around with Tiger uh, a couple days ago and he's become one of the, the known quantities on tour. So what are kind of your favorite memories as being part of that college golf program and how much are you able to keep up with the current guys on? on the yeah, well, quite a bit. I mean, you know, Tom and I are good friends. Obviously, I'd like to think that I've uh, kind of helped. I don't know if mentors the right word, but we play a lot of golf together. You know, he's a good 10, 12 years younger than me, but we always play together in the team event in uh 
in New Orleans as well. We've played the last, I guess, three or four years together since they've had it. So hoping maybe he'll pull me around this year. He's playing so good. Maybe if I just show up and kind of just do what I need to do, we can have a great event. But no, it's great to see guys like Tom play well. And quite frankly, it's great for the program. You know, it's it's amazing. It seems like every time you get on TV, somebody wants to talk about, you know, TCU or he's he's from TCU or he lives in Fort Worth or, you know, they mentioned something about the purple shirt. So, uh, you know, obviously anytime, anytime anybody, and that's frankly for any sport, you see what Angela Stanford's done for, for women's golf at, at TCU and of course all the success in other sports and uh, we, we've had and, and and you know the neat thing I, I feel which is so special is for the most part a lot of these guys in their off season or you know when they're not playing they live here in town a lot of them you know a lot of the baseball guys they come and train here I was up at school a couple weeks ago and gosh there must have been 10 or 12 uh, pro baseball players in there working out in their off season before they had to spring training and Andy Dalton used to be kind of my neighbor there for a while so you know as, as examples I mean it's, it's just nice to see that you know I think that says a lot again about our, our great city and, and our great university and how even when you're done going to school here you know it's a great place to be and, and want to be a part of heck you know my my, uh, my wife and I my wife went to TCU as well we met at TCU so you know she's from Houston originally but uh, I think she would say the same thing it's we wouldn't want to live anywhere else and as I keep uh, referencing it's just a cool thing to be a part of. a small part you know because when I'm home you know I joke people joke it's like well what do you like to do in your off time you're on the road 30 plus weeks a year I've played over 550 PGA Tour events so I mean, do the math jokingly. I, I think we figured it out last year. That's over like nine years in a hotel room. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, my point being is, it's, you know, when you're home, it's like, well, what do you like to do? It's like, well, I just like to, you know, I got boys. I like to be around TCU. I go to about every sporting event I can when I'm home. Maybe go talk. To, I have a lot of friends in the in the business school and maybe go out and say hi or, you know, talk to some of the kids and just to see what what's going on and, and to still kind of be in touch with, uh, with the great environment here. Is the campus of TCU, is that really, do you find that spreading on campus? I saw an article not too long ago that I think it was last January, John Rahm was using the TCU practice facilities and the workout facilities. I did facilities. see that, yeah. And I was That's wondering maybe you, did you or Tom play a part in getting well, John Rahm funny. down here? Well, you know, I don't know. I, I, it's funny. If somebody sent that to me, I, I obviously had to be sometime around Colonial and I think they were filming or doing some different things. And uh, I know him and his fiance at the time, now wife, were out throwing the ball and stuff around. I don't really know the whole story about it, but I do know I've had some fun, fun times doing some different different things for TV or radio and different things in the in the practice center on the football field with coach Patterson and stuff and of course we've played together about every pro-am over at Colonial, become good friends, and always admired kind of what he's done and, and his work ethic. And, you know, it's it's well documented that Coach Patterson is so good at kind of getting the best out of his kids and players and coaches. And, you know, he might recruit a kid that potentially wasn't necessarily some five-star recruit, but next thing you know, three, four years later, he's a first-round draft pick, and they're still being, you know, so successful in the NFL. And more importantly, you know, the kids become kind of, they grow up fast. They come, you know, they come in as, as, as young kids, and they leave almost as grown men. And I think it's a credit to the coaching staff. I, mean, I don't know how many national coaches of the year we have here. It's incredible. So, and you go around, and I will say it's a lot different place now than it was. It, it, not, in a, not in a great way, as far as all the amenities and the and the different things, and the you know just the the landscape of the entire uh, property and TCU and the buildings, and even coming in here, it's just it's incredible to see how much it's grown over the last 22 years ago or whatever it is now. So, pretty neat. And you talked about you and Coach Patterson have played uh, at the Colonial. You guys are a fixture at the Pro-Am. Do you have a good Coach Patterson golf story? 
Oh, I got a lot of them. Gosh, where do I begin? You know, he's always so nervous. It's it's a joke. I've been fortunate. You know, you play with guys like Coach Patterson and all these pro-ams. I've played with a couple presidents, Michael Jordan, you name it, you know, CEOs of who's who of corporate America. And, and Coach P is one of my greatest of buddies. And they get so nervous because they're really, they're out of their element, if you will. And quite frankly, they don't really want to embarrass themselves. And there's a lot of people around. And, you know, jokingly, we always have fun a lot typically with that. But I'll never forget one time where, uh, you know, he hits kind of comes over and tends to hit a kind of a big old, uh, he kind of off pull, pull cut, pull slice a lot of times. And, and we're teeing off the second hole. And they're lined up three or four deep, probably, you know, 50 yards down there. And he kind of comes over and pulls and tops it and kind of clips somebody like right in the kneecap and kind of almost, I want to say either a big welt or it almost might even split them open for a minute, had to get some things. I'll never forget, I think like eight or ten holes later, the guy comes back, his coach, you know, he's like almost like limping out to the goes, Coach, you mind signing my knee for me? <laughs> but uh, no, he's a great sport. Uh, I know he loves the game, but, you know, he's so busy most of the time that he, he squeaks in some practice a little bit in those, you know, those off months in, you know, April, May, June or sometimes. So it's always good. We have a funny story, too. I'll remember that the year TCU won the Rose Bowl, a good friend of mine, Jerry Kelly, who played on tour forever and was a big Wisconsin Badger fan, lived lived there in Madison, Wisconsin. And I came up to him a couple weeks before and said, hey, let's let's come up with a fun kind of a uh, wager bet, if you will, uh, for the for the for the Rose Bowl. And, you know, instead of whatever monetary doing something, I said, here's what we're going to do. I said, I always play with Coach Patterson at the, the Wednesday, the Pro-Am. I said, so next Colonial, next now Charles Schwab championship, the losing team has to dress up in the in the mascot so the, the winning the winning team's mascot, the loser has to dress up and hit a shot off the first tee in the mascot. So of course TCU wins, unbelievable game. So there's it's actually it was the lead into the sports center and stuff. Look it up, it's funny. There's 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 Jerry Kelly swinging in the super frog off the first tee with the you know the wall of champions and stuff at Clone in the background. He's a great sport. So that was always a fun little thing between coach and, and kind of a thing with some of the other tour players. So I'll never forget that. Did you get cool that one. cleared by Coach Patterson prior? I, because... I, I, I will tell you one thing too. I had to Febreze and spray that uh, super frog because it was kind of <laughs> nasty. I remember I sat it out in my back patio for about three days because I, I felt bad enough he had to kind of maybe put some of that thing on. It was obviously it was really hot too, mm-hmm. you know, and he was a Sport. We took all kinds of pictures before we played, and I tell you, you know, I would imagine I've never tried to hit a golf ball in it, but you're semi kind of blind trying to hit a mm-hmm. golf ball. He, he ripped one pretty good down the first fairway too. It was pretty impressive. So I mean, so you probably think take Carter. The I mean, if that had been you and Bucky in front of Coach Patterson, that may have been the last thing yeah, golf with him. It was it was funny. It, and again, it, both of them were great sports, and uh, there's some great pictures and video of it. If anybody wants to kind of check that out, and you're known as uh, a big, as you said, you go to all the the TC sporting events. And you become quite the fixture at football games with your tailgate setup, We see you post on social media. I mean, that this elaborate man cave you have that's on wheels. So where yeah. did that come from and how did that how that Unfortunately, I think I'm known more days now for my tailgate than I am my <laughs> golf game, sadly. But uh, no, uh, you know, it was, again, something we just always wanted to embrace. I think we really started it when the uh, the first renovation to Eamon Carter Stadium took place. What was that? Eight, ten years ago now or whatever it right was. Right at the day that the Rose Bowl selection was announced, they demolished the stadium. Oh, there you go. So what was that? Oh, nine. So we're all about yeah. 10 years ago now, right? Tailgating and the camaraderie has become such a 
a huge event to, to everybody's Saturday, whether it's in Fort Worth or somewhere else in the country. And we wanted to come up with kind of a concept where you wouldn't have to take like two hours to set up and two hours to take down and, you know, to figure out a way to kind of all kind of come together with a plan and kind of just make this happen. We call it like our A team, if you will. And uh, my father-in-law was uh, a world champion drag racer back in the 70s. And to this day, still has a lot of his friends that are still in kind of the, the racing business. And there's some fabricators and some good friends down south of here that kind of still design design and build a lot of these pretty wild, uh, you know, for all the different NASCAR teams and different things. And so long story short, we kind of had this vision and idea of what we wanted to build and how we wanted to build it with the TVs and the bar stools and the, the grill and the, the music and the lights and everything else. And uh, it was kind of a one-off deal that we've we've really enjoyed. And quite frankly, it's become kind of a, a cult fixture, if you will, for for all our friends. And, and you know, again, whether it's a uh, my father-in-law or, you know, grandparents and, you know, TCU alumni in their 70s and 80s enjoy it just as much as, you know, our young kids and, and to see everybody in the purple and embrace it. It's it's a great way to spend some downtime on Saturdays. And, you know, we're, we're usually almost first in and always almost last out of the lot. So we, we take advantage of uh, of kind of the setup and just having fun. It's It's been a neat part to uh, kind of the ex- extended family after, you know, b- before you go into the game and enjoy it. But I'm, you know, I'm always, I'm, I'm one of these guys, I'm there before kickoff and I don't leave till that last whistle so you know i'm not somebody that just stays out in the parking lot i'm you know they some people might you know we've got people that take care of the the thing but i'm i'm always in there rooting hard and and sweating it out with the frogs every play and so where do you store this thing i mean this for those that haven't seen it you need to go see follow jj henry on instagram because this is a massive setup (laughs) well in the winter time i just you know i've got a great friend uh who i just put it in his he's got a huge warehouse so i just put it in his warehouse and we quote it hibernates the man cave hibernates (laughs) for the winter time and i usually just leave it kind of back uh you know around and you know around the house or occasionally i'll slip it back in the the warehouse during the season but we do a lot of work you know we we, it's like our own little baby you know we got to kind of take good care of it make sure it's ready to go for all those home games we don't typically travel with it just because it's it is a little much you know we don't want to it's just kind of it can be a pain like anything else so we 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 kind of limit it to uh to the home games and we, we use it for some charitable functions in town you know occasionally some buddies will ask hey can we use it for an event or a my kids baseball team or basketball or different parties and stuff so it does get utilized some so you know jokingly my, my wife wasn't too happy at first when she when i when i told her what the thing costs but uh <laughs> she's embraced it thank gosh it's uh it's we always love it jokingly but again it's it's a fun thing to to kind of have and look forward to you know each saturday home game and so when you win uh, this May, when you sweep Nelson and the Colonial, because we know you're going to finally take home those titles, maybe we could see that as the as the post round uh, tailgate. We can, we'll figure something <laughs> out for sure. That's a good idea. I'll tell you what, that's a that's a done deal. We'll we'll have a big party somewhere if if we can make that happen. You know, we've actually almost wanted to. They almost wanted to use it for just some different events at the Colonial, and we just haven't done it. But again, there's no other turn. I've been like we talked about earlier. I was fortunate enough to win the Travelers Championship where I grew up, and then now potentially to to still have uh, maybe a couple more opportunities. I mean, I'm 44. I'd like to think I still have some good golf in front of me. And we joke, it's the only profession in the world where you wish you were about five years older than you are because <laughs> at 50, again, I'm, I'm almost considered probably a rookie. One, of the, one of the favorites, a rookie on the on the PGA Tour, on the Champions Tour. So, you know, I have, I have I'm working on some other things. You know, golf has, has given me an opportunity to open up a, a tremendous amount of doors because of the game of golf, the people I've met, the places I've been. So I still want to play. I still love to play, but, um, you know, my 
my interest is also into kind of doing some different things, some some different business things. Uh, I've I've dabbled a little bit in some kind of some TV stuff. So uh, you know, I'm still relevant with a lot of the players, but uh, I still love to play. I still want to play, and and when that door opens and I get a chance or an opportunity to play each week, I'm going to go out and try my best and, and continue to do what what I know what I can do. And we said that you still live in Fort Worth when you're not traveling the 30 weeks of the year and and you're not tailgating. What places other than CCU do you like to hang out around Fort Worth? Oh, I mean, you know, you know, obviously I'm so intertwined now with my both my boys in school, and you know they play all different sports, and I'm I'm, I'm I love to see them do that. You know, we used to have a lake house; we'd spend some time out west of here at Possum Kingdom, but quite frankly, I was traveling so much I didn't use it, so I don't have it anymore. But uh, I just, you know, I just, uh, you know, it, I think you step back too. Even gosh, the you know the tragedy what we saw with you know with Kobe Bryant and and his and his daughter and the seven other terrible situation there, it, it kind of steps back and makes you appreciate too what you have and your children and uh, and how lucky you are to be able to kind of do things and you know you can't take it for granted because you never know when it might get taken away from you so I just you know my son has a basketball practice tonight you know we're going to the, the TCU road TCU night at the rodeo at the new Dickies arena tomorrow there's basketball and so I just I just love being a part of my kids I, you know I'm, I've been gone so much uh, but what I don't want to do is regret not being around you know and kind of missing a lot of those things sometimes it is what it is you know you have to you're away uh, more than you'd like to be but but I just I want to take advantage of the opportunity I do have to, to be around him when I can and you know it's funny my 15 year old he actually caddied for me in a PGA Tour event last year at the John Deere Classic so he keeps growing and growing and he's always dad come on you know let me caddy a turn so we, we kind of worked up to it he caddied for me in a pro-am at like Colonial on a Wednesday and then you know learn the ropes and everything and he became kind of like the uh, the unofficial mascot if you will of the John Deere Classic which is in kind of Moline Quad yeah. Cities Illinois kind of a really neat area kind of that small town feel where the, really, the whole community embraces the tournament and everybody's like oh yeah you know this is the guy with you know sun caddy for him i had a little carry bag for him and stuff and he goes dad i want the big i want the tour bag i'm like connor's name is i'm like listen we're gonna carry this bag it doesn't you know it's still heavy you know we're gonna do this together and we had a great week we made the cut uh so for for me i guess what i'm trying to say the things come full circle so when i first played my pga tour event as an amateur back in 1998 my dad caddied for me and now here i am to be able to still play this tour all these years later and now have a 15 year old son caddy for me in an event i think it kind of brings everything full circle for me and I can, you know, even he said, Dad, he goes, this is like one of the coolest weeks of my life. I said, well, Connor, I said, it's pretty cool for me, buddy, too. So we spent the week together. And I think that really, really kind of got him even more like, wow, Dad, this is really cool, like to be inside the ropes and really see what Dad goes through and, you know, how you kind of uh, kind of get through each hole, each round, those mental challenges we talked about. I think he learned a lot. And quite frankly, I really think he kind of got him the, the bug, if you will, to go out and play the game, because it seems like ever since he caddied that week, he's he's really embraced and wanting to study the game, wanting to do things, wanting to go practice, because I've never pushed the game of golf on any of my kids. But to now see him want it for himself, I think is, is pretty cool. And, and I think it's been helped. It's helped me, too, because, you know, when you play this game, I mean, most most professional athletes, whatever, you have a two, three, four, five, ten year career. That's a lot. Where in golf, I'm, I'm now still going 20 years later. So I, I, what I'm saying is, is I think his interest in the game has also kind of spurred me on to want to go play and practice because when your son goes dad let's go practice let's go play golf let's go do this you know of course what are you going to say no you know <laughs> so I think it's actually his embracement of the game has actually kind of spurred me on to want to go practice and play and I hopefully that continues as he gets better and older and 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 I do the same so it's interesting and we see a lot of caddies they are big in the reading of the greens for different players so was Connor the main green reader that week he helped me out I'd always ask <laughs> 
ask him what he thought. He wasn't necessarily always right, right? It's never the player's fault. It's got <laughs> exactly, <somebody's> fault. exactly. <laughs> but no, he, uh, it, it was, again, it's, I think it, it, I felt like he grew up a lot that week, you know, very mature because there's a lot of stuff, quite frankly. I'm sure he was a little anxious and nervous. There's a, all the little innuendos and rules. So to, I thought he was very mature, which I think is, you know, and that's what's the unique thing about the game of golf, whether it's, you know, all the life skills, the life lessons, you know, you see what like the first tee as an example has done all over the country. The life lessons you learn in golf are invaluable and, and more so probably than any other sport. You know, the honesty, the integrity, the sportsmanship, you know, most sports, if you travel or if you do something, you're just hoping the, the ref doesn't blow the whistle or in golf, it's it's on you. You know, the rules are the rules. You know, at the end of the day, you take your hat off, you, you know, you shake the guy's hand you just played with. And, and, and I've kind of instilled that in my boys. You know, when you meet somebody, he's wearing a hat, he takes his hat off and, you know, you look somebody in the eye and you shake their hand. And I, I learned a lot of those those things because I was around the game at a young age. And I think that's kind of helped mold me into the person I am and, and been respectful of my elders, respectful of the game. And that's and that's that's what I love about golf. And I'm trying to instill that in my boys as well. Coming back to TCU, how do you think TCU shaped where you are today? Gosh, I mean, everything, you know, I, I, we talked a little bit about it in the first part. You know, I was I was like almost like some foreigner coming from Connecticut, if you will. Like, you know, you know, nowadays, it's which is great is, I, you know, I don't know the numbers, but it seems like people from all over are embracing TCU. And I didn't really know much about TCU, quite frankly. I, of course, I did, but I didn't, if you know what I mean, going so far away from home. It grew me up. You know, it made me the person I am. Uh, we talked a little bit about that that family atmosphere environment that, you know, up to this day, professors and teachers and coaches. Coaches and trainers, uh, you name it, are, are still great friends. I see them at different functions all the time. And I think that's what makes us so special and unique. You know, the size is great. You know, it's I think it's the perfect size where you don't feel like you're just another number and you get lost in the shuffle, if you will. And and everything is just, you know, whether it's new. I'm just walking from where I parked today to come talk to you and to see the, you know, the new buildings and the the, you know, just the, the luster and just the, and I'm still in awe. Every time I walk by, even like the football stadium and look up or I'm like, wow, I mean, like, look at this, you know, like this is like, we're proud of this, you know, and everybody plays that small role and everybody's really proud. I mean, the, you know, the school, the, the school itself, obviously, most importantly speaks for itself and the, you know, how highly it's, it's now you know, thought of on a national level and the, the different business school. Obviously, I was a part of that. It's, you know, they have incredible business school. And I, I don't know, I'm just, I can go on and on. But it's it's just, as I talked about, I wouldn't want to live everywhere else. And, and I think my wife and I both both feel the same way. And we'll, we'll wrap up with this. With your years at school here and then your 20 years in the community, what is your favorite TCU moment? The Rose Bowl. It's got to be, right? I, I can remember. I was on the sidelines for the game. I'll, I'll never forget it. I mean, it was it was incredible. Uh, just It's kind of the little engine that could. You know, everybody talked about, you know, we're, we're getting there, we're getting there, we're getting there. And, you know, I feel like that's a lot of, of who I am and where I came from, even from a golf perspective and from the person. It's just, you know, you're, you're always striving to get better. You get better. And now you're almost, you're there, you're at the top. But then, boom, you do that. And it's just, things just kind of open up and, and sky's the limit. So, uh, there's a lot of great memories with a lot of different fun people, but I would say that's by far and away probably my, you know, outside of what I did personally on the golf course and the golf teams and things like that from an athletic standpoint, I don't think there's anything close. Well, JJ, thank you so much for joining us today. And TCU loves this, that you're still so tied into the community and we love watching you every May at Colonial at least. Well, I'm not done yet. So go Frogs. You'll see me out there in that purple shirt, hopefully sooner than later. And we'll have that uh, <laughs> TCU wide tailgate when he wins the tournament this May. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Rob. Thank Appreciate you. your help. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you to KTCU and co-manager Jeff Craig for their editing of this episode. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Frog for Life podcast. If you or a friend or family member would like to get in touch with us to share your story, please contact us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at TCU Alumni. We look forward to sharing our next story of how TCU alumni are changing the world.